Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Welcome again to another episode of My Hope is Built On, and we are excited again to be back. I know we were gone for a couple of weeks there. Trust me, we didn't disappear on you. We probably should have gave you a little heads up that we were leaving for two weeks, but uh, sorry about that. Um, the podcast well, is still going on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyways, we just wanted to wish you well. We're back and we're ready to get started again. And uh, today we got a Another, you know, amazing guest with us. His name is Kyle Webster, and we have known Kyle for quite some time. Um, I actually, uh, again, he was at, uh, we knew each other from church. He was in my, uh, in our youth ministry when I was uh, a youth pastor, um, and he and my son had developed a good, strong friendship and relationship, and uh, lo and behold, they became uh, best men at each other's uh, weddings, and so, <laughs> Yeah, so that, yeah, these two have known each other for quite some time and uh, have seen some amazing things together, enjoyed life together, struggles together, and uh, and so it's been kind of cool. Um, so, Kyle, you know, uh, like we already talked about earlier, you know, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, born and raised in Southern California in Santa Clarita, and we met at Heart of the Canyons. Um, gosh, you were in junior high? No. I was junior going, in high school and you were going, or I was going my junior year and you okay. were going your senior um, And then came up to Oregon for my undergrad uh, at George Fox University. I majored in youth ministry and psychology. Um, and from the onset, I knew that I wanted to pursue um, a doctoral degree in clinical psychology. That was the end goal. And so I just completed that. Um, I, uh, in Oregon, I got married uh, to Katie Burks, now Webster. Uh, <laughs> And that is uh, now David's sister-in-law. So David and I are also brother-in-laws, which is a crazy story. Um, <laughs> he was going to be uncle to my kids anyways, but now he's actually an uncle to That's my right. kids. And, uh, and um, so this last year, the last year, um, my doctoral program uh, was our doc my doctoral internship, and it took um, us up to Alaska. Uh, started with just Katie and I in Alaska, but we introduced Tessa. Um, to our family, our, our first child, our daughter, um, in October of last year. And um, so she's nine months now. And um, yeah, so I'm a father, um, I'm a brother, brother-in-law. Um, and I am now, a, I can say I'm a clinical psychologist. Uh, so that's, that's new. I get to add that to my, yeah. I officially get to say that after nine years of college. So oh my gosh. Yeah, now yeah. comes the fun part, paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a, a long road. Yeah. Well, that's good, Kyle. No, we were excited about all the things and the accomplishments you've made. You know, you've done an amazing job of stick the, you know, I, I think anything is good is when somebody can stick to something and really stay committed to what you've done. And you, you did, you were, you were committed to getting this done and you, you did a great job, man. And, and so proud of you. And it was a really amazing uh, accomplishment on your behalf. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah um, you know, you know, Kyle, you, you, the, the subject is about hope. And so when you think of the word hope, what, what, what do you think of? Yeah. So I've spent the past couple of days thinking about this. I was joking with David that a couple <laughs> days ago, 
I had drink an energy drink and then just sat down and researched and studied. <laughs> and as a, as a social scientist, as a psychologist does, we like to dive into the weeds of things. Yep. Um, but I guess what it means to me personally, it, you, you can't really, at least to me, you can't have a conversation about hope without a conversation about suffering. Yeah. Um, that suffering, suffering is almost a requisite for hope to exist. Um, and so hope to me is really the, I say ability, but it's not, it's not my own doing. Um, because if, if I'm self-reliant on hope, I'm going to fail. Um, but the ability to, to, I, you know, picture just a boat, just waiting out in a storm that there's a storm here, you know, there could be a storm for a long time. In fact, you know, this storm could last until the end. Um, but there's this kind of steadfast fortitude that, that there's, there's someone here with me. There's some, there's someone, um, you know, maybe suffering with me alongside me. And that gives me hope that, that yeah. there is something better to come. And, and that even in the storm, that, um, in the present of the storm, goodness can be found and a testimony can be found. And, yeah. and, and I guess it's important to also say that that isn't, and so look, look for all the good things in a bad situation, right? right. Um, that can be very trite and, and not, not be very <laughs> beneficial. Um, and I think with hope, we, we have, with a, with a true hope founded um, in Christ, I mean, that there is, there is the opportunity, opportunity for that. Yeah. You know, what's funny is in, as you're talking about that, and I love what you were just saying, but um, I was writing down some notes. It with your clinical psychology background now, yeah. um, do you feel like even the patients that you're going to, or, or when you were studying this, I mean, isn't uh, a lot of clinical psychology, there is an absence of hope. There's an absence yeah. of hope. Yeah. Well, and so that's, that's one of the things with our, with our field, right. Is that we study pathology hmm. um, and we study hopeless. And, yeah. you know, if you're one of my patients and and we were to, you know, go talk about depression, I would give you a measure. And, and that measure would ask, you know, well, rate your level of hopelessness in the past two weeks. Yeah. And so hopelessness is, yeah, is a, is, is a very strong part of my work and, and in the patients I work with. And um, yeah, I mean, especially up in Anchorage, Alaska, working at um, our clinic up there, which really served the greatest of needs of our population. I mean, there, there is so much hopelessness uh, yeah. we're experiencing and all the more compounded by last year. Um, mm. And, and that's why I love this podcast and the timing of it. It couldn't be more perfectly timed. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of hopelessness and, and there is a flip side of, uh, there is a field called positive psychology, which allows the opportunity to research some of these things that, Hey, we can devote our time into looking at some of these aspects too. So we can talk about what positive psychology has done with hope, but yeah, yeah by and large, um, I, I sit and hold a lot of hopelessness. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and having the ability to redirect somebody's thinking and, and really helping them to see light at the end of the tunnel. That's a, that's a, it's not an easy task, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's something that needs to be done really, really, really carefully, right? That yeah. that if I have a patient coming in to, to see me and they're sharing their, 
there are year long, years long battles with, uh, uh, you know, some type of addiction or a relationship with a spouse or loved one that's gone bad. And they bear their, their, they bear their soul to me, their hope, their, the depths of their hopelessness. And I say, yeah. oh, well, here, try this, try this yeah. breathing exercise. What do you think? Or, hey, have you thought about thinking about it differently? Yeah. I mean, you think I'm going to see that patient again? No, right? No. no. And so, so a lot of it um, that I've experienced professionally, because though I'm, yeah, I'm early in my career, we've, I've done a, you know, several, I mean, over, I think probably 2,000 hours of clinical work now. Um, and, and that starts with, well, let's just bear witness to the suffering. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make this a place where we can see it. We can acknowledge it. We can feel it. Um, because often what accompanies that suffering is shame, right? I'm ashamed that I'm suffering. I'm ashamed that I'm failing. I'm ashamed of this. And if we can share it, if we can hold it together, and if we can make a steady pace of saying, Hey, this is hopeless. We're feeling it here. We can sit yeah. in this pit. And we can actually just sit in it and not do anything about it right now. Yeah. Um, sometimes that is the necessary step. And that can take a long time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you get to moving forward. Um, yeah. That can be it. That can be difficult. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's beauty in that too, of just like recognizing and sitting in this problem and not just in, well, I think of Jesus, right? And it's, yeah. there's that compassion that to suffer with you. That's what Jesus yeah. does. He comes alongside and suffers. Yeah. And as followers of Christ, I do think that's our call is to be more like him and to be more like him. And you're put in an amazing position to actually be right alongside these guys. And I, I'm, you know what, I'm going to suffer with you. Yeah. And when the timing's right. And I do believe that you were put in this place. I mean, I've known you forever. Really. We're really, really close. I do believe that you were put in this place for a reason. And in this, yeah. occupation for a reason because you can be that for for someone for yeah. for somebody like me and i do believe that if god puts me in a situation where i have to be there with yeah. someone i can do it but he's blessed you with those gifts and abilities to actually understand and recognize and sit there and be like you know what i'm gonna go with this with you and i do think that there's beauty in that right yeah. instead yeah. of just offering advice here do this yeah Fix it. well i appreciate that yeah yeah and, you know and actually it's funny you, you mentioned that again too david is that the the word actually says you know the bible says we weep with those that weep and we mourn with those that mourn right it's it didn't say provide a solution to the problem it said just learn to weep with them when they're weeping and mourn with them when they're mourning struggle with them when they're struggling you know and, and and a lot of times in families, I think, you know, when you have families that you have one that just maybe is struggling with things more than the others struggle, you, you, you can't comprehend or relate. And so your, your fix, your answer to the, the problem is always just get over yourself, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, that's not the answer. The answer is, no, we're going to go through this with you. I may not understand it and I can't relate to it, but I'm going to go through this with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, and, and this provides a, a segue and I mean, this alludes to where I find my ultimate hope in. and, and yeah. my hope is extends beyond this, um, but it's founded in this, but, um, so the term paraclete, it's, it's, uh, the Greek, um, it was first, in, we first see it in John, um, when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he uses it to describe the Holy spirit. And then paraclete comes back in second Corinthians one, three through seven and, um, chapter one, verses three through seven. And what paraclete is used to describe is the Holy, Jesus uses it to the disciples as 
um, the Holy Spirit as comforter, as provider. Um, now in uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, um, and I'll, if I can read it here, um, to me this to me this verse. If there's one tattoo I'd ever get, it's it's the word parenting. <laughs> I mean this 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 strongly resonates with why I chose the field that I did, and to me this is why we can have hope. Um, and so uh, so chapter so I'll start with chapter three. Blessed be God the Father. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, and if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. And I mean, that, that is, that to me, <clears throat> I mean, that's the cross, right? It, I mean, the, I find hope in the cross yeah. and, and not, not so much this, um, this judicial type of atonement, this substitutionary atonement type. I mean, I think there's hope in that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but where I find my hope in the cross is that Christ is suffering with me hmm. that even through the valley of the shadow of death yeah christ is there yeah that that it is in relationship and that's that's kind of that's where i come to is that it is the relationship i share with with jesus that my hope is found in not not religion not christianity um not even not even the church i mean it is it is the relationship i share with jesus and uh jesus's presence through all of it that says, Hey, this is this, there's hope here because you, wit you witness me. Um, and, and you're with me. Yeah. Mm. That's very good. Yeah. No, that's good stuff. You know, uh, as you were talking about that and, and as I was reflecting on where you're at now in life now with a daughter yeah. and yeah. she's a young one. Um, and, how would you uh, talk to parents in terms of how to build hope into their children and how are you, what's your plans to build hope into your child? Yeah. So, and I think this kind of maybe gets at more of a, a societal critique and because I, I know when you, when the first episode you're kind of talking, there is, we don't want to get just a Christianese response, no, right? No, no, At the same time, I am curious to hear about, so positive psychology, they'll, they'll kind of break up hope into particularized, particularized hope and then generalized hope. So particularized hope is that goal-oriented, outcome-oriented, that I hope I'm going to get an A on this test. Yeah. I, I hope I'm going to get the job of my dreams, right? It's very direct. It's very focused. Yeah. And what happens when you don't get the A on the test, right? <laughs> what happens when our hope is built on increments of achievement right and and so i i when i think about parents um when i think about how they might parent a kid um in regards to hope um i think it's important to recognize you know are we setting our our children up for this particularized hope this one after the other um or is it more general is it even in even in the failure even in the pain even in 
a place where we we see despair for the future. I mean, I mean, thinking about patients who have a terminal illness, yeah. right? Yeah. Can there be hope in that? That death is coming, right? Mm-hmm. We, yep. we can acknowledge that death is coming. And from a generalized hope perspective, there can still be a state of, of feeling assured, feeling at peace. Yeah. Um, despite what is looming. And, and I guess to parents, it's can we, can we um, parent and raise our children in a way where, where we can establish a foundation of hope and that hope only comes from grace. I mean, without grace, we don't have hope, period. Yeah, so, yeah. so grace really is the precedes hope. Yeah. Um, but but that's that's kind of my two cents, and I hope that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it did. It did. And, you know, it's funny. You said some of those things. I used to tell my kids whenever they'd ask me, say, hey, dad, pray that I get a good grade on my test and, and, and everything. And I'd say, no. I'm going to pray that you get the grade you deserve based yeah. upon the effort you put in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember, I mean, baseball and sports was such a big part of my life. And, you know, when my prayers turned from praying, I'd get a hit to, yeah. you know, praying that I would do my best and do it for the glory of God. Yeah, that that's a different prayer, right? Yeah. Um, that that hope and that fulfillment can exist with or without the, the game winning hit. Exactly. Right. The strikeout or the home run, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it, it's, 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 you showed up to play and that's the key thing, you know? And um, one of the things too, I always think with kids is as a parent, I know for myself, a lot of people have always thought I've never sheltered my kids too much from things because yeah. unfortunately when they're outside of my covering, yeah. the shelter is now removed and now yeah. they they're incapable of managing life, right? Yeah. And yeah. navigating. Well, it, it ties in with this, the talk about suffering. Yeah. And, and not that, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're jobing our kids, right? Yeah. We're just letting all torment break loose. Um, but, you know, should, should be, if we have supports in place, yeah. letting, letting what unfold unfold, Right. And saying, hey, the supports are here to catch you if they need to be. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think that that brings meaning to the suffering, right? Sure. It's, it's only when suffering is meaningful that we have that hope exists. Um, mm. And suffering is inevitable. I mean, we are going to suffer at one yep. point. In our lives. Um, yeah. We can't avoid it. Um, now, it can be meaningless suffering, which then we see depression, we see um, certain things roll in where it just feels so meaningless. And I think 2020 really felt that way for so many people. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I saw Washington post just shared yesterday that they saw a 30% increase in, um, overdose, uh, drug overdose deaths, um, 30% increase last year. Wow. Um, and so talk about, talk about suffering, right? Talk about meaningless suffering where, or how can we make meaning of this? It's so broken so longing for relationship. And I think that's what I come back to is, is it's in relationship that we have hope. Yeah. Um, and it's when we're isolated, when we feel so disconnected that we can feel so without hope. So how can you, how can we better be in relationship? And now let's not talk about the, the Christian aspect of it, but yeah. you know, how can we as humans be better in relation? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think 
I mean, you know, humility has to be probably one of the first things you talk about with that. Sure. Yeah. That, um, you know, what, what can I lay, what, what of mine can I lay at my feet? What of mine can I lay step aside for now to, to put the needs of someone else first. Right. Um, and that's a, there is no achieving that. I mean, it, the, the point of it is it's a process, right. And, <laughs> and, um, and so that comes to mind. Um, I mean, I, I really do. I think this is a plug for also therapy, right? That the therapeutic relationship, that a place where you can say whatever you want and there are no repercussions to what you say, yeah. um, that what can be said can be said. And, and that's, that's good. That's good enough. Um, there is a, there's a sacredness to that therapeutic encounter. Um, I will say that. Um, I'll also say, you know, seeking inner in-person relationship, mm -hmm. right? Um, when, when we can step aside from technology, when we can utilize as, as much of an intimate setting conversation as possible. Um, I mean, even, even, uh, with oxytocin, right? There's a, a chemical in our bodies that that soothes us, that helps combat stress, that regulates our system. Um, I mean, we get that when I put my arm around David, right? Yeah. When we hug, when we hug our loved ones, when we make physical contact, we get this uh, this rush. Um, oxytocin releases our body, yeah. and um, it builds, it bonds us, and it comforts us. Um, so, just I mean, seeking intimacy um, and vulnerability in that. Hmm. It, it's funny. Um... You know, and all we're talking, you mentioned Greek words, but there's many Greek words for the word love, but one of them is phileo, right? And that's that's the where we get the name of Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love, right? And there's an aspect of that brotherly love that needs to be expressed from a human capacity yeah. in order to bring about the necessary hope that people are looking for. And I think even for you, the, the, what you said is even with these group, um, the, being able to get into therapy groups and things of that nature to talk, but also being able to feel like, you, again, a part of that brotherly love is saying, hey, listen, you, you can tell me whatever you want. First of all, I'm going to be, it's between us. It's confidential. Yeah. And number two, I'm not going to go into shock when you say it, you know, yeah. I, and I'm not going to judge you for, for it either. You know, and I think those are the things that we have a hard time navigating through, you know, in, in terms of when we hear, you know, I can remember certain things and, and the church is the worst for it. I'm going to I'm be first one to tell you the church is the worst, right? Yeah. You can go in thinking that this is the place I'm supposed to have the most freedom to say whatever I want. And then yeah. the first thing the guy does is shares his struggles. And then the next thing you know, through the rumor mill, somehow it got out the struggles of this person. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, how did that, you know, again, here's again, supposed to be my circle of trusted confidants that I'm supposed to be able to do it. And then it yeah. gets guised under, well, I just wanted to expand the amount of people who are praying for you. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make <laughs> sense. You know? yeah. I mean, it's not funny, but yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, it's true. And, and I think again, we share, when we truly share the depths of our hopelessness, I mean, it's hard to do because shame is so profound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if I'm not happy, if, if, if the norm, if we've created the societal norm of happiness, if we've created the societal norm of feeling motivated all the time, or just the emotion, the emotional aspect of hope, right. Cause there is an emotional component 
if we're not feeling that, but we think everyone else is, there's then we are compounded by shame. Yeah. And and then if yeah, if we go out and actually share vulnerably, we 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 say, okay, shame, you're not going to control this conversation. And then then it gets out in certain ways. I mean, yeah, you're not going to see that person again. Never, never. Yeah. And I've seen it happen. I've had a little bit more years than you guys have in the church and I've seen it happen way too often. So yeah. um, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a shame. Um, you know, Kyle, honestly, is there any, uh, any other words that you'd like to share with us? Uh, I know you spent a little time studying some of this, so, you know, yeah. there's some other wisdom pieces you'd like to share. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, and I hope this has kind of been through, been through without this conversation, but just normalizing hopelessness, right? Yeah. That, that the feeling of hopelessness, that's normal, right? And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I would say there is nothing wrong with you. Um, if you're feeling hopeless, there is, there is a lot to feel hopeless about. Yeah. And, and just notice, notice when the hopelessness becomes isolating. Notice when the hopelessness leads to, you know, I'm not going to talk to these people or I'm not going to see these people. I'm going to you're not going to know this about me. Right. And, and that's, that's when we get curious and say, can we lean in here? Yeah. Can we maybe break this barrier a bit? Um, and I will also say too, that, that I work with a variety of patients, right. That, that I have, I have Christian patients. I have Muslim patients. I've had uh, Wiccan patients. I've had very ardent atheist patients. Um, all of them capable of hope. And, yeah. and I think with that and, I'll bring in a little bit of Quaker theology here. I, I, so I did my dissertation on grace. I worked with the Quakers. <laughs> for, for those listening, Quaker, Quaker is a denomination within the Christian church. It is not just oatmeal. Uh, <laughs> that, that it's, uh, and if, if you want a taste of, of Quakerism, come to Newburgh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Quaker theology, there's this term called the inward light. And, and it's the idea that everyone, everyone created has the inward light that that essentially if we are crafted vessels of God, if we are molded clay, that there are fingerprints left of the creator, right? And and to me, that that brings me hope, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean we can get into then, you know, well, what is what do you mean? Like does what does that lead to heaven and hell and and all of that? But um, I will say that that I I that does fill me with hope in that, you know, that even if God Jesus, whatever is not even talked about, doesn't need to be talked about for, for God to be present in that therapeutic encounter for, for beautiful hope to, to be invited outward. And, and to me, that's, that's what therapy is also about is seeking, okay, Hey, if there's, if there's that, if there's a fingerprint in you, if, if, if there's that imprint, you know, how can we, how can we put the spotlight on that? Um, yeah. cause it's near. Right. And again, that can, that can happen, uh, with or without the mention of God, um, with or without a Christian patient or a Christian clinician, I mean, um, there's hope to be had, um, I think, for all. Ultimately, I mean, yeah, I would say that it's my relationship with Christ that fosters that. Yeah. But but it can be encountered. Um, and I think Christ through you, too. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Well, Kyle, I really do appreciate you being with us today. Honestly, I think it's good. I think our, our listeners are going to enjoy what they heard today. And, um, you know, as David and I has always said that for you listening, if you want to talk to us, our phone numbers are available to you. They're always in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out to us if you ever have any questions. 
Um, and we always have access to the guests. So if you ever have questions of them as well, you just yeah. give us a call. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say that, uh, you know, I love that both of you have the heart to, to really connect with this, with your audience. And, and I want to extend that too. I mean, I'm not giving my number or email or anything, yeah. but David and Dan have my number and email. And yeah. I would be happy to talk to anyone who is interested in continuing this conversation. Um, if there's questions about, um, you know, even psychotherapy or what that would look like. Um, can you, can a Christian go to therapy? Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't even get into that. I mean, that's a whole other topic, right? Yeah. Of the uh, faith and psychology. Um, and so I, I'd be, I am happy. I love this conversation. This is a passion of mine yeah. um, and a study that I'm devoted to um, for my for personal life and my career. So um, yeah, I, I'd be happy to, to continue. Sounds good. I, one other thing too, and what, and I appreciate what you were talking a lot about of hopelessness too, Kyle, is I think you've made it really clear to our listeners in a way that it's, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's okay. And there are people, hopefully there are people in your, in your life. If not, there are people like Kyle that want. Well, unfortunately, it looks like we had a little bit of a technical glitch here. And uh, so uh, we'll resume this again next week. Well, yeah, you guys froze up on me big time. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, so we'll have to edit and post. Exactly. So, anyways, we'll go ahead and uh, have you wish you guys well. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you, all the podcast listeners, for everything that you're doing out there. And remember, stay hopeful, and it always is going to get better. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Love you.